forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Thank you, Stephen, for reading that passage. Uh, good evening, brothers and sisters. We thank the Lord Almighty that He's uh, given us friends to come here again to worship Him in truth and in His spirit. Probably you've heard about the high life music. Maybe if if the first time you hear it, you can Google and find out what a high life music is. Uh, this is uh, music that originates from Ghana. In the whole world, it's only Ghana that you you find that music. Um, probably, I would say is the best music and the best dance that we can get in the world. Maybe you can argue, but if you uh, go to Ghana and you find people uh, dancing with high life, you will understand what I'm saying. Uh, but in 1960s, the Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen, was in Ghana. That time she was young. And that was the only music that she loved. And you can see the queen dancing with the president, the first president of Ghana, uh, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. So her life music is something that has been there for long. In actual fact, uh, that was, I think, 1950s. So we all grew to meet the her life music. Now, one uh, of a popular musician in Ghana that was a high life musician is called Kwasiam uh, Don't worry if you can't pronounce the name. That is not why we are here. Uh, we have many, many uh, best musicians that, you know, sang high life. And one of his songs, you know, high life music is a, a, a story tell music. People, you know, compose a story and then, you know, uh, out of that, they produce this music. So this man, Kosyam Pofoje, um, no, have this music coach uh, tell the story about a poor man who always sits at the corner or maybe on the, uh, on the side of the street begging for arms. But anytime people pass by and give something to this man, all that this man says, instead of saying, oh, thank you for what you've done, or thank you, uh, he will say that uh, if you do good, you do it yourself, and if you do bad, you do it to yourself. Now, people did not understand why this man is saying, and this is what he has been, you know, saying all the time, give him something, anything at all. He will still say that if you do good, you do it to yourself. If you do bad, you do it to yourself. So there was this man in that community who did not like the way uh, this person accepts, you know, gifts from people. And it was so annoying to the extent that he hated this man because he thought if this man is saying that, is he cursing people or what? So he decided that he will kill this man. So what he did was to get the bread and poison the bread. So uh, he went to where the man, you know, is and gave him the bread, which is poisoned. And as soon as he handed the bread to the man, as he always say, he said, if you do good, you do it to yourself. And if you do bad, you do it to yourself. And that man was laughing in his head because he know what he's done. This is the reason why was there to kill the man. So he went away 
And this man, lucky for him, that day he was not hungry. So he said, well, let me reserve this bread. When I go home, then that will be for my dinner. Because the poor person doesn't have any money. And when, you know, he finished that day and was going, though he's a homeless, just living in some kiosk. He saw this boy, about 12 years, and he thought, I uh, saw this boy, and the boy, you can see the face, he was so hungry. So, he looked at the boy and had sympathy for the boy and said, well, I don't have anything apart from uh, this bread that somebody gave it to me, but I'm not hungry, so I'll give this bread to you. So when he handed the bread to the boy and then he said, this good thing I'm doing, I'm doing for myself. He didn't know the bread was poisoned. So he handed the bread to the boy and the boy started eating the bread even before he went home, he was just eaten. And this man also left. Not knowing that boy is the son of the man who gave the poisoned bread to that man. So this boy started complaining of Tommy upset and he was crying, ran out home and as soon as he got to the father, the boy is dead already. And the father could not do anything. And he didn't know that the bread that he gave to the poor man is the same bread that the son ate. So what was this example for Jay saying? This man thought he was doing bad and killing somebody, and he ended up killing his own son. And the man too, that poor man, handed the bread to the child, said, this good I'm doing, I'm doing for myself. And indeed, he did good, and he was doing for himself too. Because if he had eaten the bread, he would have died by now. Now this reminds me about four years ago, when Fleshyam and myself were flying back from Ghana, back home here, at the airport in Accra, we have passed through the check, I think the, the, the main checkpoint. So there was another check to, to, uh, to be done before we get to the lounge where we'll be sitting and wait for the aircraft. And we're in the queue, number of people in front of us, some in the back of us. And then I hear this woman tapping my shoulder, Felicia was in front of me. And he said, brother, can you uh, hold one of my bags for me? And I panic. Airport, on the check area. Somebody says, handle my bag for me. How am I going to do that? I'm a Christian too. So it was so difficult for me. And then I look at Felicia's face, then also look at my face. I said, this is difficult for me because I don't know what is inside the bag. Suppose you put drug in and I will be in trouble. By the time we check, say, oh, that is not my, I don't know this mine. So it was difficult for me. But then we have passed through the main checkpoint. Though there's another one before we can, you know, get to the aircraft. So Reluctantly, I told the woman, okay, I'll hand you a bag for you, but you come in front of me so that Felicia will be first, you'll be next, and I'll be here. So when we pass through that check and Felicia will go and you will go, and Felicia will still be there monitoring you. So in case your bag contains something that is illegal, then I will say that this bag belongs to this woman. And Felicia will bear me with her. But even though you, you are a husband and wife, so if you are trying to, you know what I mean? So it was still difficult. But with hope, I just got the, the, the lady's bag. Not knowing, when he was checking the bag, drop inside, 
they say that he has a lot of things and they will not allow her to take those bags on board. So they should, uh, he should, you know, uh, uh, pay money and they will put it down for, for her. And the lady said, I don't have money, so I wouldn't, I would not pay. So it was a heated uh, argument over there. And then these, uh, I don't know how they call them, those people who check bags, uh, they, they, they go into the plane for, I think they are the air, air, air attendants or air hostess, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. Baggage checkers. Baggage Let's put it that way. So, uh, not knowing they were the same people that were sitting at the last check. So they did a check down there and up there too. They went in there to sit. And so when the woman saw them, he knew there was a trouble because he'd been fighting with them down there. That is why he wanted me to collect one so that the, uh, her bags would be reduced. Not knowing they also cited a woman, so they were ready for her. I didn't know that. So we got there, and then here I am with one bag here, one bag there, and that woman asked me, are you sure this bag belongs to you? What do I say? No, yes. And I was standing there, I know, well, <laughs> uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say yes, I can't say no, I was standing there, because if I say yes, and I say, okay, open the bag, let's see, or tell me what is in the bag, I'll be foolish. So I say no, and he said, yes, we know it's not yours, it belongs to this lady, because we've been fighting with her down there, but we still insist, we will not allow her to take, unless he paid. I said, $100? I said, what? And then, I pleaded on behalf of this lady so that uh, uh, they will, you know, even if she has to pay, they can reduce it. Because $100, somebody is traveling back, is, you know, giving all her money to the relatives over there. There's nothing in the pocket or purse, so how is it going to afford? So um, they said, okay, she'll pay 100 Ghana cities. Even 100 Ghana cities she doesn't have. 100 Ghana cities that time was about $30. She didn't have it. But luckily enough, <clears throat> I have uh, 100 cities in my pocket. And I said, okay, you get this money and allow this woman to go. And the woman looked at me, are you sure? Yeah, go. So they allowed the woman to pass, and then we went there to say that. The woman cannot stop thanking us. Oh, you are my angels. She cannot stop thanking us, because if they have, you know, refused, and she didn't also pay, and they have delayed her, that means they can you know, uh, uh, mix her, fl uh, her flight. So, she asked me to give her my number to her. I didn't want to. Because she was saying that, well, I, I don't think uh, uh, you have to pay this for me. So when I go back, she was going to Amsterdam, anyway, coming to Glasgow, but uh, we, we took the same plane so that we do the change from, you know, Amsterdam to Glasgow. And she was determined to pay me, uh, to pay back the money. Do I didn't know her. Didn't know each other. I said, no, you don't need to. It's okay. So she collected my contact number. And when we got to Amsterdam, we just separated. And she went on her way. And then I came back to Glasgow. So about two days after that, I had a phone call from her and still thanking me because if I had not done that pay on her behalf, you should have lost her flight and she was working the next morning. So she became my friend. And you remember two years ago, I went to uh, Amsterdam, I think it's three years ago, went to Amsterdam for uh, Christian lectureship. 
So this woman was communicating with me and one of the communications, I just said that, well, I'm even coming to Amsterdam for a lectureship, Christian lectureship. He said, which church? I said, Church of Christ. Are you sure? I'm also a member of Church of Christ. I said, really? I said, yes. When I came back from Ghana, I joined the Church of Christ. So I'm a baptized Christian, so hallelujah. So you were my sister then. So I know uh, what I did was not, I, I didn't do it for just nothing. I did it for my own sister, so that was good. And when I went to the lectureship, I met this woman and was so strong in the faith. She took me to her house, prepared dinner for me, and we became friends, and up to now. Now, what am I saying in all these stories? The title for my lesson tonight is going to be short because the preamble is too long, isn't it? It's do not neglect to do good. Do not neglect to do good. So if you follow what Stephen read for us, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, he said, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Some have entertained angels unaware. In fact, the word of God is living and trustworthy. If you look at all these stories I'm talking about, you're trying to do good to a stranger you don't know, and you end up even getting help from that person in future. And that is the way God works. That is the way he works. Now, the Hebrew writer said, some people, because of their hospitality, entertain angels unaware. Now, what comes to mind is going back to the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 18, where we see that Abraham and Sarah entertained some strangers, people they did not know, and they ended up to be God visiting them. They saw three people, three men they did not know. So they invited these gentlemen to their home. And Abraham asked the wife Sarah at that time to prepare dinner for them and let them rest so that they can continue their journey. Now, through that hospitality, these men who were angels sent by God give a promise to them. Next year, by this time, you embrace the son. Abraham and Sarah have been waiting for this promise for a long, long time. Somebody who is 99 years old and now going to embrace the son. And it's all part of how he entertained these strangers that he didn't know that these strangers were God's saint. So all that I'm trying to say tonight is, as Paul reminded Christians in Galatia, chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, what he said is, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Some translation will say those in the household of God. So, as Christians, we are advised that we should not neglect to do good to all men. Whether you know them or not, if they are in need and you have the opportunity, you have the means, you have to help, regardless of their background, can be a Muslim, 
can be a Christian, uh, can be white, can be black, uh, can come from the North Pole, can come. All that God wants us to do is not to show favoritism to people. Let's do good to all men. Bible says by doing that, some people entertain angels, not only angels, God himself, because of what they did. Now, back in the Old Testament, if you read 2 Kings, there's a story also there for a woman, a Shunammite woman, who also entertained a stranger, which later found to be a man of God, Elisha, that he, you know, uh, kind of showed kindness to. But she didn't know that this person is a man of God. This woman was a wealthy woman, and she was always probably, you know, kneeling at the balcony watching, and he saw this man coming with uh, a young man following him, and all the time passing. So one day, he decided to call this old man. Come, come, I've seen you passing all the time. Come home, come and have something to eat, and rest before you continue. And the woman, you know, did that several days. But then he found out that this person is doing this kind of kindness too. It's not an ordinary person. He is a man of God. So when he found out that this man is a man of God, if you read 2 Kings chapter 4, you know the story. She said to the husband, and this is what she said. Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go there. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. This lady found out that this gentleman or this man he's been helping all the time is a man of God. And when she found out, she quickly went to the husband and said, do you know that this man that has been passing here is a man of God? Really? Yeah. And then she said, let us create room for him. So that any time he come here, after getting, you know, eating something, he can go in and sleep or rest. Put tables there, put chairs there, put lights there. Because the man of God, he may want to read, you know, the Torah or whatever it is. So they prepared this room for this man. So one day, Elisha, Seeing all this kind of kindness that this woman is doing, did not know what to do for this woman. So he called his servant, called uh, Gehazi, and asked, do you think we can do something for this woman? What do you think? Suggest something. Because what, what she's been doing is, you know, beyond my comprehension. You don't know me. You just see me, you know, passing by. And... You call me, giving me food, giving me water, and now look at what he's done for us. A whole room that we can rest. And Gehazi said to Elisha, well, since we came into this house, I've not heard any child crying here. So that lady might not have a child. So why don't you, maybe if you can help, help. So that's a good idea. So the, she Elisha called the lady and said to her, I promise you, a year by this time, you will welcome your son. Doing good to strangers. Look at what is coming out of it. The lady thought this man is being funny. I, 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 are you making love of me or what? Oh, sure, you will welcome a son. So, lo and behold, that's a promise from God. The woman conceived 
and have uh, a son. So, this child grew up. The Bible did not say the age, but I would say maybe between 7 and 12 years. And one day, he went to where his dad is in the field. And there, he had a severe headache and started crying to the father. Oh, my head, my head. And the father asked one of his servants, carry him to his mother. It's always the mother, isn't it? And more like you, your child is not well, say, take him to the mother. That's what some of men we do, including myself. So when the child went home, uh, the, the, the servant took the child to the mother, and the mother carried the child on her lap, and then decided to wait for the man of God. And you can see all these years, Elijah had been staying in that house. Because look at the age of the child, able to walk to the field, to the father. And now, Elisha is still in that house. So he's been staying in that house for you know, years now. So this lady said, I'm waiting for this man of God. She gave me, uh, he gave me this son. And I know he can do something. So I was just waiting and then the, 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 the child just passed away and couldn't know what to do again. So she carried this child and went to the room that he prepared for Elisha and put the child in Elisha's bed. And then she went up to where the husband is. She never told the husband that the child is dead and asked the husband, can you give me one of your servants to accompany me to where this man of God is and give me your donkey and some stuff? And the husband said, well, what are you going there to do? Today is not Sabbath and it's not new moon. So I don't know why you want to see this man of God. So it's, it's well, everything is okay. I just want to go there. She never told the husband that the child is dead. She went up to where Elisha is and said, what have you done? You just brought joy to me. And with a short time, you're taking that joy away. What have you done? I asked you for, 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 for a child, but not for this pain you brought to me. But Elisha knew something has happened. And even before the lady uh, got to where Elisha is, Elisha saw the lady coming, and then he sent uh, uh, Gehazi, that is the servant. You see the Shunammite woman coming here. Go and meet him. Uh, go and meet her and ask her if she's okay. What about the husband, the child? The woman's child is dead, but the woman said, everything is okay. Everything is under control. I don't know how many women can do that if your child is dead and it's everything is under control. Perhaps she knew that Elisha can bring back the child to life. So the bottom line is Elisha accompanied this woman and raised the child back to life and gave to uh, uh, his mother. All I'm trying to say is, this all happened because this woman entertained stranger, doing kind, doing good to this stranger without knowing that her blessing is following what she did. Brothers and sisters, it's important that we take this message from the Hebrew writer so seriously that if we entertain strangers, we can sometimes entertain angels on our way. How many people have just pushed their angels away because they refuse to do good to those who are in need and then ended up pushing their own blessings away? If this woman had not invited this man and help her and help him provide food for him and provide accommodation for him, probably wouldn't have, you know, uh, embraced the child as we saw here. So it's important 
that we all have to do good to all men so that we can uh, get the blessings that God has prepared for us. So, again, we read Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, verse 9, 10 again. And it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, most especially those in a household of faith. With the good Lord as his blessing upon us, let's understand this and let us do good to all men, regardless of who they are. And we know we will get the blessings that we deserve. Amen. And according to what we've learned tonight, let's turn to song number 722. Song number 722. <clears throat> oh, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all in wonderful passion and pure and pray. Let's stand and sing song number 628. 628. If the name of the Savior is precious to you, If the souls all around you are living in sin, if 
the Master has told you to bid them come in. If the sweet invitation they never offer, oh, will you not tell them that you're bringing work? Oh, will you not tell it today? Will you not tell it today? In the light of His presence, a pride in your way, oh, will you not tell it? Today, oh, will you not tell it today? Will you not tell it today? If the light of his presence of right in your way, oh, will you not tell it today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for what we've heard tonight. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. In his name that we pray. Amen.